The world has written a narrative of motherhood that's narrow and limiting. But that's not how motherhood was designed to be. We don't have to accept that narrative or stay in that confined space. As Christian mothers, we have the freedom to create a beautiful, fulfilling, and inspiring life for ourselves and for our families. We can live a life of purpose and vision in the midst of the confusion around us. I want you to move from being unsure to being confident as a mom. I want to see you let go of the overwhelm and guilt and embrace the freedom we have in Christ. Let's learn how to enjoy the life and the family we've been given. Let's create homes where faith can grow and hearts can be shaped for the kingdom. I'm Audrey McCracken, and welcome to Grace for My Home. Hello, friends. Welcome back to another episode of Grace for My Home. I am so glad that you've joined me again here today, and I pray for you. I do. I pray for you guys each week that you would be blessed, that God would open up your eyes and show you good things in his word, that he would keep you and show you his great love for you. And today I want to go ahead right off and apologize if the sound quality for this podcast is not what it usually is. I'm in my van because that's what I do. I am a professional chauffeur. And so today I am out and about and I'm not going to have time to record tonight. So I thought I better jump on and record this while I have a few minutes waiting on my kids. Today, what is on my heart, what I wanted to encourage you in is the word. I want to encourage you in getting into and searching and memorizing and praying through the Bible, because it is so important for our health. Our spiritual health depends on getting God's word into us and meditating on it and memorizing it and letting it become a part of who we are. And it's so easy to forget that, you know, um, there have been seasons that I've been hungry for God's word. And then there have been seasons that I have not been. And I'm just going to be honest with you. And I think that, you know, only when we are honest with each other and with ourselves, can we really grow. And so I just want to tell you that if you struggle with not wanting to read the Bible or not knowing how or not wanting to start because you're not sure where to start, you're not alone. You know, there have been seasons that I've just, it felt like reading the Bible was a chore or even thinking about picking up the Bible. I I just felt bewildered by it. And so I want to let you know that that's okay, you know, Um, and that's something we need to be able to confess and talk about freely because, you know, have you noticed that sometimes in Christian circles, there, it's really easy to put on a fake front. And I say this as a, as a pastor's wife. We have to guard against that because not only does it not help other people because we, we make them feel like they have to be a certain way or act a certain way before they can even be accepted into 
God's church or, or the body of Christ. But it also keeps us isolated because we're not really being ourselves. And so I have found it best or better for me to just be honest when I'm struggling with things like this, like not wanting to read the word, not loving the word, that I can just go to the Lord and say, Father, I have zero desire right now at this season. I have zero desire to get into the word and I need you to help me. And, you know, he doesn't condemn. He helps us. If you have if you're in that place where you're dry and you really it feels like you read the word, but it's just words on a page. It has no life to you. Pray. Ask the Lord, Lord, make this real to me. Lord, make this bread of life, this, your word, the bread of life for me. And he delights to answer that prayer. And I think that it's healthy to be able to say, Lord, I need your help here. And, you know, we're not faking it, right? Sometimes people say, fake it till you make it. Well, there's a time to do things that you don't necessarily feel like doing. But I am just thankful that I don't have to just gut it out and I don't have to just keep grinding that I can go to my father and say, Father, I believe that this word is good for me. I need your help to desire it, to long for it. You know, it says in Colossians 3, 2, set your mind on things above, set your affection on things above. And, you know, that is like we decide to put our eyes on the good things. There's a part of us that knows what the good things are. You know, we know that these things that the Lord has commanded us, instructed us to do, that those are good things. And so there's a part of us that knows those are the things that we should be striving after. Those are the things we should be doing. But there's another part of us that doesn't want to do them. And that's natural. You know, we have a spirit and we have a body. You know, we have a we have a soulish part and we have a spiritual part. And we have to decide which one wins, which one is going to lead us. And God wants to lead us by his spirit. But we have to decide to set our eyes on the best part, on the good things. You know, it's kind of like the temperature in your home. You know, there's there's a temperature in your home and you have a thermostat that helps you to decide what the temperature is going to be. Now, you set the thermostat and then the temperature follows it. And that's what setting our minds on things above is like. That's the thermostat. We're saying these are the things that I'm going to think about. These are the things I'm going to do. I'm setting my mind on these good things, these things I know that are good. And then as we set our mind on them and we walk towards them, the feelings come. But don't feel guilty because you don't have all the feelings. You know, Don't feel guilty because you're not excited about the things that others are excited about or you feel like you should be excited about. Just decide I, by the grace of the Lord, am going to set my mind on those good things and go after them, even imperfectly, like we talked about last week. And as we make that decision, as we make that call that these are the good things, these are the things I'm going to set my mind on, and we pursue those things, and we go after those things, then eventually our desires our heart, our emotions will catch up with us. But we sometimes we just have to do them by faith. 
And reading the word is one of those things. And I pray this, I pray, Lord, give me a desire for your word. Like David, David says all throughout the Psalms, I love your word. Your word is life. And I pray that, Lord, give me a desire like David. Give me a love like David for your word. Help me to get into your word and see beautiful things that help me hear and know what you're saying to me in the situations that I face. And I I ask him, Lord, make your word relevant to my life where it's not off somewhere far, far removed from the things that I'm facing today and the situations I'm facing today, but make it so real that I can be directed by it. You know, the, the Psalm says, your word is a light into my path. Lord, let it be a light into my path and a lamp into my feet so that I don't stumble. And I just want to talk with you about a few of the things that the word of God does for us. First of all, getting in the word, reading the word renews our minds. You know, it is the word of God. It is powerful. And it when we read it, when we meditate it, when we memorize it, it helps us to renew our minds because, you know, it, the word says that we have been given the mind of Christ, but we also have our own carnal minds. And when we get into the word, we renew our minds so that we can give up the carnal mind so we can divide. And it says that the word is like a two edged sword. It divides between bone and marrow. It divides between soul and spirit. And so sometimes we don't even realize where our thinking does not line up with God's thinking. And the word helps us to see that distinction. As we get into the word and we renew our minds in the word, it helps us to see more clearly where our thinking isn't lining up with God's. And so reading the word of God renews our minds. Also, it builds our faith. It says in Romans, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. When we get in God's word and we get God's word in us, it builds up our faith. We're able to trust God. We're able to believe more because we've been feeding on his word and it makes us stronger in our spirits. So getting in God's word increases our faith. Also, getting in God's word makes us wise. God's word is wisdom. He knows all things. There's nothing hidden from his sight. And so when we get into his word, he can show us wisdom. He can help us to grow in wisdom. Getting in God's word directs our path. It helps us to learn the right path to take. You know, like I just said a few minutes ago, your word, Lord, is a lamp into my feet and a light into my path. It keeps us from tripping and stumbling. It shines enough light on our path that we know go this way, not that way. And so getting in his word renews our minds, builds our faith, shines his light on our path and makes us wise and gives us wisdom. Getting in God's word washes us. It says in Ephesians 5, starting in verse 25, it's talking about husbands and wives and comparing husbands and wives to Christ and the church. And it says, husbands, love your wives just as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her to make her holy, cleansing her 
by the washing with water through the word, and to present her to himself as a radiant church without stain or wrinkle or any other blemish, but holy and blameless. So Christ washes us with the word and makes us holy and blameless. When we get into the word, it washes the junk of this world off of us and it exposes the lies of the enemy. I think sometimes if we knew how practical, how every day we need God's word, then it would help us to have that desire to get into the word because Through God's word, we learn who we are. We learn who he created us to be. We learn who he is. And it gives us a, a, it gives us a view, a real view of what is really going on around us. You know, we live in a world that does not believe God. It's cast God off. It's full of lies. And so when we get into God's word, he can wash off the, the junk. He can, open our eyes to see what's real, what's true, and what's not. You know, I think sometimes we believe the lies and we don't realize that if we got into God's word and we allowed him to show us the truth of who, of what's really going on around us and who we are and who he is, then we would walk in so much more confidence and freedom because we know the truth and the truth sets us free. He loves us. He doesn't want us to walk in darkness. That's why he, that's why he sent his son to die so that we could walk in the truth. So we could be the people that he created us to be from the foundation of the world. But how do we know unless we get into that word and we find out who we are? I was convicted this morning. I was listening to a message from a pastor who was able to go into China and teach other leaders in China the Bible so that they could, in turn, teach it to their congregations, to their followers. And because the gospel is illegal in China, they had to teach underground. They had to teach in secret meetings. And he was, and he asked them, what will happen if we're discovered here at this place? And they said, well, immediately within 24 hours, you will be deported, but we will go to prison for three years. And there was about 20, 25 in the room. And he said, well, how many of you have already been to prison? And about 75% of the people in the room raised their hand and said, we have already been in prison for sharing the gospel because they were leaders. And it was, it, I was so convicted because he said that he passed out Bibles. He had brought Bibles in Chinese and had passed them out and he didn't have enough for the whole group, but there were some who gave the Bibles to others. And he asked, you know, why did you give the Bible to the person sitting beside you or the person behind you? And they said, well, we've memorized the scripture that you're reading from today, the book that you're reading from today. And he said, what do you mean you've memorized it? And they said, well, we, when we get a Bible, we memorize as much of it as we can because they can confiscate the Bible, but they can't take it from our hearts. And so we memorize it so that they can't take it from us. And he said, when on earth 
have you had time to memorize the whole book of James or the whole book of John? And the young lady he was speaking to said, well, in prison. And then he said, well, how did you get a Bible in prison? Won't you, you know, isn't it illegal to have a Bible in prison? Well, yes, but we sneak them in anyway. And I was so convicted because I thought, in, you know, here are these people who love God so much that they're willing to suffer for him in prison. And they're willing to risk going back to prison to tell others. And they love his word so much and they see the power of it so much that they commit it to memory. And, you know, I'm not telling you this to make you feel bad. I'm telling you this to encourage you that you have something precious in your in your hands, in your home, when you have a Bible. It's precious. And because it's so commonplace for us, we can forget just how precious it is. And so that's my prayer today. Lord, show me how precious your word is. Show me how powerful your word is. God, help me to love your word above anything that this earth, that this world can offer and help me to be the kind of person that doesn't just read it to say, oh, I can check it off my list now, but meditates on it and loves it and does her best to walk it out in real life. And, you know, I can have a heart to do that, but without God's help, without his power, I can't do that. Like so many things, you know, he gives us not only the desire, but the ability to do the things that he's asked of us. Isn't that wonderful? You know, not only does he call us to do it, but he gives us the desire to do it when we set our mind on the things above, on the higher things. And he gives us the grace to do it because he knows we can't do it in our own strength or ability. We serve a good God, don't we? Well, I hope that has been an encouragement to you today. The way it was an encouragement to me when I heard that message this morning, I said, Lord, if you'll give me grace, I will get in your word and I will learn to love it because you are your word, Lord Jesus. You are the word of life. You are the bread of life. Help us to eat of the bread of life. Amen. Father, I thank you for my friends today. I thank you that you're working in us to will and do according to your good pleasure. I thank you that your words are life, that they show us the way, that they break down the lies, and Lord, they give us the strength we need to do what you've asked of us. And Lord, your commands are not burdensome because there's grace with them and there's life in them. And Lord, I ask you to give us a hunger, a desire for your word, and Lord, help us to love and desire you. In Jesus' name, amen. hope you've enjoyed this episode today and will join me here again next week. You can find more encouragement on my blog at graceformyhome.com. God bless. Bye-bye.